This is Daizen Shubiex, the podcast, episode 141 for the week of August 10th, 2008. Welcome to Daizen Shubiex, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizen Shubiex. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball, in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hey! Hey ho! You're Mary. Yes, and you're Mike. I'm Mike. Welcome to the show! The last episode's only been out for... Oh... One day? 22 hours. <laughs> and we're already recording the next episode. We have a good reason. It's a con weekend. That's right. And we have to get going while well, the getting is good. Not just that, but every night this week is full of stuff. What I don't even remember. What did we do tonight? Tonight was stuff consisting of grocery shopping... Um, spending bridal shower gift cards at Bed Bath and Beyond, and dinner, and now recording. Okay, and tomorrow, t- tomorrow is, is going busy day. going to the wedding reception venue and finalizing the menu, doing the cake, doing the table linens, china, you know, all that stuff men care about so much. Notice how I'm not saying anything. I'm drinking beer instead. I go manly. I must reassert my manliness. That's right. You know, I bet we can have a cake made of beer flavored. I'm filling. Down. No, I don't think we can do that, but that would be awesome. And then Wednesday, we're just going over your parents for a while and do some laundry, and then Thursday is Oticon, we're traveling down. Uh-huh. Busy week. So we were going to do a manga review of awesomeness this week, and as I was trying to read through the manga last night at 11.30, I realized we're not going to be able to dedicate the proper amount of time to get this episode done the way we'd like to do those episodes. So we're pushing it back another week. Well, I read it. Yes, but you don't have to take notes and develop a long, intricate outline. Well, you don't have to either. I know, but then there would be no show. We would be like trying to remember the, the whole volume from the depths of our memory, and we'd probably end up making up stories. <laughs> that would be great. And then Nap and Vegeta went on a picnic, and um, yeah, and then Poirot showed up. Something about worms. Yeah, he doesn't have any. Right. <laughs> I think this is that's what the word on the street is, anyway. Oh, Mary, I'm tired. Are you yeah, tired? Yeah, I am. I I didn't sleep last night. Oh, I don't know how I got through day. work. Work was a bitch. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, but we're here to do a podcast. It's just you and me. You know, it's Monday night. We have no idea what Julian's up to over in Japan, and he's probably at work anyways on a Tuesday. I guess <laughs> it's it Tuesday be. morning. Do you know where your Julian is? <laughs> I have no idea where my Julian is. You have to find your Julian now. All right, he's crying out for you. So hopefully we'll see Julian in some capacity in the coming weeks. Next week's going to be weird too because we're going to be gone on the weekend. So I don't know when we're going to hear from. Maybe it'll be another well, month without Julian. <laughs> I was going to say, we can record on Sunday for the next week's episode, but that's overkill. Yeah. Getting that far ahead. Mary, let's do some stuff. Okay. We do have some news. We actually have a little conversational topic you and I are going to do, and maybe we get some releases. I don't even know. We're just going to take it as it comes, and I'm going to edit the episode if I can get it done for next weekend. Hopefully, we'll see. A certain someone I know is taking all of Thursday off, so you should be fine. Yeah, I think I'll get it done. So what kind of stuff do we have? Um, we were playing some video games over the weekend, and, uh, it was requested that I bust out the Pladia. <gasps> oh, right. How can I forget? That was hilarious. It all started because my sister was over, and she noticed we had a, a Sailor Moon game, and she was like, what is this for? Like, it's for the Pladia. It's that giant purple monstrosity on the floor. So we played a little bit of the Sailor Moon game on the Pladia, and it was pretty atrocious. We couldn't figure out the buttons or what they were saying. We could make out a few keywords here and there, because the game's meant for five-year-olds, so. And it's all written in Hiragana. So after that, uh, 
our friend Bryce came up with a great idea. He's like, hey, why don't we put in Dragon Ball instead? Because at least that has a lot of FMV. Right. So we played through, I don't know, 20 minutes of uh, the first Saiyajin Zetsumetsu. And you got stuck in a cave. Piccolo was flying through a cave. And you're doing this thing where you have to choose left or right. And if you choose wrong, he ends up back outside the cave. And he goes something like, Shimata. Mo- Mochido. Mo- yeah. No, he goes, Kso. All right, he's Mochido. like, yeah, one more time. Or, damn it, one more time. So we kept doing that over and over. So we're like, all right, left, right, right, left, damn it. Left, right, 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 damn it, left, right. Just over and over. And finally, we're like, fuck it. We are not playing this anymore. You were keeping good track of. I was. I was doing good. You had like two other witnesses. At that point, I, my brain was gone, so I yeah. was no help. But you had Jeff and you had Bryce there, like, keeping track of every move. And We were doing all right. How many people does it take to, you know, I know what I do want to do at some point in the near future is actually play through the two games properly and do an actual review of them. You know, the story and the extra stuff that's in the play day games versus the quote unquote OVA and the original Famicom game. So, I mean, that's something down the road that we can do. I'm looking forward to that. I got some stuff. What do you got for stuff? Well, I was really naughty and checking my email right now, even though you said not to. And I got this (laughs) message saying someone on Twitter is following me. I'm like, okay, that's a weird name. So I go and click on it to see who they are and they say listening to Vegito EX's first VG Convos podcast while checking out the latest video game news on IGN so you got someone uh, watching you good I'm glad people should be checking out VG Convos which is another podcast I should be editing right now it's kind of funny because Bryce was over he's like hey you need to finish this before Oticon so I think I want to listen to it like on the way down or something like that I really want to get uh, episode 2 done so I have two podcasts I need to be editing Mary do we have any other DBZ stuffage I thought there was something else but I can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, by the time you hear this, Oticon's going to be over. So maybe the following week we can have a couple DBZ stories from it. Probably. I was actually just like reading... Like the concert? Well, exactly. I was just reading over on... Uh, I don't remember what... I have it pulled up here. Funimation highlights Oticon. I guess this is the new anime on DVD that it's been absorbed into. They're going to be screening HD versions of uh, the 2Z TV specials and the two Broly movies. Yeah, I saw that pop up a bit on the schedule when I was looking at it on the Oticon website. Yeah. Oh, I mean, something to pop in on. They're probably playing dubbed, so I don't really have much interest. That's pretty much all the stuff I get. I actually do have some news. Fancy that, you know, it's been not even a day since the last episode. But let's talk about some news. We're already getting some listings up for that GT box set that's coming out later on this year. Amazon's got a listing. Uh, they're calling it Dragon Ball GT Season 1 Three-Piece Remastered Uncut. And that piece means discs. So three discs, 32 episodes. Ew. Ooh. Ew. Oh, I mean, I know GT looks like crap, but right. come on. I can't imagine that it's going to be three discs when it actually comes out. It's, ugh, can't be. Like, even the Dragon Ball two-disc sets back in the day didn't have that many episodes shoved on them. Ugh, not looking good, but uh, it's dated for November 11th later on this year. Uh, let's price about 50 bucks, but Amazon's got the pre-order already for $34.99. So it's $30 too much. Especially if you already own all the stuff. Yeah, I mean, this isn't for you if you already own it. Yep, whatever. Uh, One other bit of news that has been floating around, I guess it quasi-originated on the Atari forum and someone posted it over on our forum. A lot of Portuguese sites are reporting this, except they're all copying and pasting the exact same text, which really proves the incestuous nature of the internet, where no one's actually reporting original news, they're all just copying it from each other. But apparently, there's going to be a Dragon Ball Z final Buddha on PlayStation 2. This is 
horribly, horribly strange because we, we've already moved on to the new systems. I, I wrote something on the site a while ago that, uh, you know, the PS2 is such a large installed base. Wouldn't it make sense to throw something over there, though? There's so many people, there's so many people to buy a game. However, this seems a little strange. This came out of nowhere. No word from Atari, no word from Infogrames. Well, I mean, the place where this news supposedly appeared, I mean, that's at a huge video game convention, right? Right. They're saying so they're that, allowed to break news, Well, I no, guess. this event hasn't happened yet. Oh, oh. Okay. They're saying these games are going to appear at the games conference in Leipzig, which oh. is the conference over in Germany coming up pretty soon. So uh, there's no source on where these people got this information from. So for all we know, someone somewhere on a blog made it up, and then these other sites pick it up as if it was fact. Kind of have to address it since it's starting to make the rounds, but there's no source on this. And you don't believe anything without... But it's it's another language. That makes it true. Uh, on the flip side, the European press is well known for breaking embargoes on just about <laughs> everything. Yeah. So it's very plausible that some of this information is true. They're talking about Atari's lineup, um, Bandai kind of you know joint thing. They kind of go together. Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm on PS3. You know we've seen that. This Final Budokai plus the Dragon Ball RPG on DS, which we do know is Dragon Ball DS. And Alone in the Dark, other stuff. I mean everything else here is real. And this Final Budokai is the only thing we've never heard of before. What I think it's think? a I think it's an appropriate name for it if it's actually true. It's kind of like well we'll throw you a bone you. P- PS2 owners. <laughs> it could be a, a it might new be a port, a new port, or an updated port of, for example, the Shin Budokai games on PSP, or maybe taking the advanced engine that they've developed for these Bakuretsu Impact games, the Cardass style games. We don't know. We we know absolutely nothing about this. And we shouldn't even speculate. We've seen the name Final Budokai. We'll see if it goes anywhere. So that's pretty much all I got. You seen anything else in the last 22 hours? I have not. All right. Shall we go on to the yes, topic? Yes, please. Mary, let's talk about henchmen. Mmm, yummy. Henchmen. Yummy henchmen. Some of them are yummy. Some they have names yummy. that are yummy and There's delicious. apples and blueberries. There's all sorts of See, delicious See, that's not henchmen. too far-fetched. No, not at all. What I want to talk about with henchmen is... There's some crazy ones over the course of the series. There are some that stick around for a while. Some of them even get a little bit of a kind of back history and a story to them. This is something that I just want to be very conversational about, kind of randomly get some thoughts out there, because it's just you and me. Why not talk about henchmen? Okay. Because I have a, a deep, kind of strange and twisted love for at least a couple of them. Me too. What are, what are yours? Well, oh, this is tough, because I feel like the baddest of the bad guys have the most amount of henchmen. You have to have at least two in order to qualify to be a super bad guy. Okay. So, you know, that said, you know, quality versus quantity. Well, you know what? In both respects, it would seem to be Frieza. Yeah, I was actually leading up to that. Okay. I was going to say Zarbon is probably my favorite henchman. And I was leading up to, you know, he's got two. So Frieza's got the bare minimum amount of henchmen. I mean, he's got all those faceless underlings that, you know, get killed and stuff. Faceless? I meant, I meant nameless. And nameless? Nameless. Uh, I believe they have faces and names. Yeah, I know. They're all meticulously named as, and uh, drawn. the aforementioned Apul and Blueberry. <laughs> A blueberry! But yeah, um, Zarbon and Dodoria, they have quite the personalities. They do. Those Are those really the first two that really get something? I mean, we had Piccolo Daimo, we had Tambourine and Piano. Those, uh, those all count. Those the, totally count as yeah. henchmen. Were they around long enough? I thought though? they were fairly forgettable. I, I think so. But I like their designs. They got in, they had a little chance to do something, like maybe get a little bit of personality. But even then, that personality was 
fairly generic, I'm a badass underling. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else really to them? They had fun deaths. True. I know, they were cool to look at, but... Um... Yeah, they had cool... And Ryusei Nakao played tambourine, so yes. all over that in the TV version. But pre-Frieza, what kind of... I can't even think of other henchmen because they seem so irrelevant. The very beginning of the series, Mai and Shu. Oh, yeah, comedy relief. I guess the thing to note is that henchmen back in the day started off as pure comedy relief, and then as the series progressed into, you know, the Piccolo Daimyo arc, it's part silly, part dark. Then we move into Dragon Ball Z, and, you know, it's pure dark, although I guess Zarbon's kind of flamboyant, pretty yeah, boy nature is a little bit of yeah. a comedy there. Yeah, I can see that. Well, let's stick with the original for a little bit, kind of go through them. Mai and Shu, you said they were just comedy, and what I like about them is they stick through the series here and there. They know damn well they're henchmen. Yeah. They know their place. <laughs> That's what I like. They know their henchmen, but they know their henchmen throughout the entire series into GT. They're just like... They have no aspirations. I feel kind of bad for them. I know. It's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going for that promotion again this year. <laughs> it's fine. I like being exploded every couple months. Going on from there, the Red Ribbon Army, are, are they really henchmen? Because it's kind I of a formal say, organization. Yeah, I would say no to that. Because I was originally thinking that too. Like, oh, we'll talk about Red Ribbon Army, but... It's almost like they, a job. Yeah, exactly. It's like, while they work for Red... And they all, kind of in turn black, but not really. Yeah, they they do have their assigned positions, I guess. So right, and they they do take orders, but again, it's an organization, and that's their job more or less. So yeah. I don't know how would you really classify them as henchmen. Not They're on the really. fringe. Yeah, I guess so. And going on from there, we you could almost count Tenshin Han and Chaozu as henchmen. Uh, that's a bit of a stretch. Why? Why is that a bit of a stretch? Because they become main characters for a little bit. But they're doing the dirty work for another character, sort of. Sudo Sandin's almost living vicariously through them. I guess, the but I never really truly get that feeling of, eh, 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 we're henchmen, yeah, we're just here True. on the sidelines. Well, Chatsu like, didn't speak enough early on to really get that from him. But yeah, I, I guess because they had enough focus on them for an extended period of time. It's almost like Sudo Sandin was henchmen for them, almost, because they were doing all the real work. I don't know. And then we just move on to Piccolo. So real henchmen as we know it just the general term the phrase really z there's nothing in the saiyajin arc whatsoever saibai men i mean are they henchmen it would be a bit of a stretch to call raditz a henchman yeah well there's only a couple of them so he's just kind of the tag along more than a henchman yeah it's like well he happened to survive so yeah. we'll might keep as well him keep around. him around he'll do a little bit of work so really frieza so we're back up to where we unless you count movies because by the time we've hit Frieza, we've already had three DBZ movies. That's true. Four? Four, yeah. Four or five. <laughs> well, let's talk about the movies at the end. Okay. Because I feel like that's... Every single one has henchmen, so monster. that's kind of like... Exactly, right. that's a different whole episode, just talking about movie henchmen. All right, so Frieza. When we're introduced to him, we see his two you know, left and right hand men, Dory and Zarbon. But we do see these other guys. Like, he's got an entire swarm of underlings that all do different things, it would seem. Like, some are destroying the villages, some are out seeking things. Some are medical henchmen. <laughs> Doctor? Doctor, medical henchman man, watching naked Vegeta in a tank. There's a job. <laughs> That's a great job. So what about them? What makes them special, different from all the other henchmen? Is just the sheer number of them? The competence of a select few of them? I guess it is uh, the whole numbers thing. It's quite on a universal scale, I guess. Galactical this is, scale. This is when the series shifted. We've talked about that before. This is when the series itself goes to outer space. And so the scale of everything to Earth is so much more gigantic. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for what 
whatever the next villain is to have even more of these people right. and even his strongest ones by his side are that much stronger. You tell me a little bit about the Dorian Zarbon. You already talked about Zarbon's flamboyant, not really nature, but... But he does... It's interesting about him because he cares about his looks and he's all like, oh, I'm so beautiful. But he he knows how to throw down to... Oh, totally. Like, he's not that hesitant to get into a fight. <laughs> I almost compare him to Vegas slash Ball. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Totally. Except Zarvon doesn't have a problem. You know, no mask and let's get ugly and get down and dirty. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to go that far. He'll probably let out a deep sigh like... <gasps> Okay, I guess we're gonna do this. All right. Guess I'll not have to be pretty for a little bit. He was excited to go all monster, though. I mean, that was nice. Mm-hmm. What about Dodoria, though? Uh, Dodoria's just big and him? dumb and likes to fight. I mean, I guess you always have to have a henchman like that. Yeah, the big dumb one. Tall and skinny and short and fat. You know, the the stereotypical, you know, henchman role. Very true. Beyond Frieza, we Would you count the Ginyu? Oh, absolutely. Ginyu Tokusentai. All five of them. They're kind of like, almost... The secret squad above Zarbon and Dodoria. The quintessential henchman team. And I love when Zarbon's like, you don't have to call them. No, no, please don't do that. It's okay. I'll take care of it. Like he knows he's kind of outclassed almost as a henchman. So how (laughs) does that feel to be someone's right hand man, but not really be it? Because you get these. You know, the Ginyu Force, they're consultants. They're consultants. They're just general contractors. That's right. <laughs> I just decided this. Okay, that works out well. Because they are off doing their own thing. And it seems like Zarbon, Dodoria, we see in the Bardock TV special, they're always there with him. Mm-hmm. And Ginyu's just, they're off doing whatever. They're almost like... <laughs> Mercenaries for hire. Yeah, except they only work for Frieza. So they're long-term contractors. Yes. He's never really brought them on full-time with benefits. The benefits go to Zarbon and Dodoria. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the benefits are. I guess it's not getting killed by Frieza. True. I think it's pretty safe to say that they don't have dental because we've seen what happened to Rikum. Yes. He has not been keeping up with that. No, that boy needs to floss. Very easily falling out there. All right. Is there anything else in the Frieza arc? I mean, that kind of covers everyone. That's a lot of henchmen in one arc. It is. They're all... We have to mention a pool. Okay, fine. Mention a pool. You already did mention it. I mentioned a pool. Moving on. All right. (laughs) So let's talk about the Cell arc. Can you really consider anyone henchmen? Because they all backstab each other and go above each other. They kind of work in pairs, so... Gero wants to have henchmen that do his bidding. Not even henchmen, like mindless zombies. Yeah, pretty much. But it just doesn't happen. When they're off in pairs, they're on the same level but yeah. as a collective 17 and 18 you know are better than 19 and 20 but i you wouldn't consider 19 and 20 underlings of 17 and 18 they just no. outclass them. cell doesn't have any underlings he's, he's too just, good for that he's just by himself he's too awesome so like there's nothing in that entire arc that you can consider henchmen okay which is kind of refreshing coming off of the frieza arc yeah especially so many with the movies too it's just yeah, getting like yeah. overdone it's like oh god not True. another no more henchmen no god Definitely. So I guess we'll move on to the Boo arc. Actually, I want to backtrack a little bit. Please, tell me Um, where we're going. After Frieza, before Cell arc, we have the Garlic Jr. filler arc. Those have henchmen. But I don't remember any of their names. I've purged this from Salt, Tard. (laughs) Tard. (laughs) That's almost, they have to do it because the movie had it. And because, like, (gasps) the whole Garlic Jr. arc was just so derivative of itself that, yeah, I guess it had to do the whole henchman thing. So let's ignore it. That was very stereotypical. Although that one guy had hair power. Hair power? Yes. (laughs) He was like Zarbon wannabe, but not nearly as pretty. So, Boo Arc? Yeah. All right. So we're introduced to Babidi, who comes with 
his own henchmen, and he wants to make even more henchmen. He's making all these Majin. He's got Dabra right by his side. And what I like about this is that he's not willingly a minion or a henchman. He's kind of been brought under Babidi's control. And that's a neat twist. Like, at least Toriyama's doing something different. Yeah, we've never had mind control before. We've had comedy. We've had just general army. And now we've got the mind control ones. I think that's pretty neat. But it's not just Dabra. You know, we see Pui Pui. We have Yakon. Spopovich. Spopovich and Yamu, exactly. They're all just mind-controlled, you know, zombies like we were talking about. So what about them? Is there anything different about them? They're very varied, but honestly, I, I haven't seen the Boo stuff in so long. I really can't speak with any authority on, on any of that. In fact, I don't even think I've seen uh, the... what All of it? No, no, no. The What's that character you said? Batui? Pui Pui? Pui Pui. He's the one Vegeta fought? Yeah, I actually haven't seen that. You don't think you've seen I don't that? think I've ever seen that. Oh, that the truth comes out. Oh, Mary. What I like about Dabra is that he actually has some kind of backstory to him. They introduce him, but they go to the trouble of explaining that he's the ruler of this demon plane and Babidi's brought him here under his control. So he's not just like Pui Pui or Yakon that just are there for the sake of being there and being henchmen. Dabra's at least someone and something. They don't need to take it any further than that. I think what they explained is enough for me to buy it, accept it, and move on once he's turned into a cookie and I was going to say Dabra gets the best um, epilogue (laughs) very true in the TV series I love that we generally spoil things but in case you haven't seen this I'll leave that to your imagination and eventual watching to see where that goes I love it such a great story so how about Babidi as a leader well clearly he sucks (laughs) everyone turns on him (laughs) right and then ends up dead so not a good leader no he he makes his creation too powerful that he can't control them. You think he's just too egotistical about it? Yeah, probably. You thought he had it under control, but... Uh-huh. but I mean, I think that makes for a good story. How about Vegeta? Because he wanted to bring Vegeta <laughs> here. We have the exact same thing going on where Vegeta retains his free will the entire time mm-hmm. and, you know, fucks over Babidi in the end with at right. least the Boo thing. It just... Nothing works out perfectly for him. He tries to use Vegeta, but Vegeta still is in it for his own gain and it doesn't work to Babidi's advantage whatsoever. So basically, Basically, that's the regular storyline beginning to end. We get to Boo, and Boo doesn't really have henchmen. He has his own split personalities. And right. He's his own henchman. He is his own henchman, I guess. But yeah, that early Boo stuff almost seems very much entirely henchman driven. Yeah, totally. We get, you know... This is one, one after off. another, after another, after another. Right, right. One-off, paired-off fights. The, you know, fighter versus henchman. Maybe Vegeta, that's why I don't Pui, remember Pui, it Pui, or Pui, liked Yagon. it. <laughs> right. Gohan Dabra. I kind of want to leave it there. I don't really want to get into GT. A lot of it I don't remember anyways. And it's really only the first arc, the M2 baby stuff, where we have Dr. Mew and Bebby and Legic and all those other people, which I don't really care about. But let's talk about the movies, because that's kind of its own different monster, like I said. Because they're all so short and self-contained. What can you do with henchmen besides introduce them and kill them off? Nothing. In fact, every single movie, I think it's the same rule where there's definitely no less than two henchmen and no more than five. I think the biggest henchmen team was probably movie 7's henchmen team. Really? I mean, I'm sorry, not seven, uh, nine. I'm getting my odd numbers oh, yeah, mixed up. That was a decent number. I think Slug had a few as well. I think Slug was three or four. Yeah. So I'm trying to go We're through my head. Number. Were there any movies that did not have any henchmen? One, Girl Jr., two, Doctor. Probably Willow, six. Thomas. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had the robots, and he was Kula was his own henchman almost. All the metal Kulas mm-hmm. were creations of 
the actual Kula that was right. in the spaceship. So like 6, 11, 13. Well, Broly. Yeah, that's true. kind of being used as he doesn't a, need a team. by Paragus. Mm-hmm. But then, then his return appearance was himself exclusively. Then in movie 11, you had the genetic things going on where they were trying to use Broly again as a henchman, which didn't really work out. So we can safely say that past movie 7, they kind of start weaning off the whole formula of yeah. every movie has a singular villain with his own team. It becomes right. a little bit sure. more varied after that. Yeah, we have the Broly thing. Movie 12, Janemba, because everyone else is doing other fights against previous villains. There's no need for henchmen. I mean, some of them are henchmen, sort of, but we only see them for like a frame, so does mm-hmm. that really count? No. Uh, and then movie 13, we have Hildegarn, who isn't a henchman. This is a monster. He's a creation. A couple of them are creations. Yeah, but that's not henchmen. Right. So. I'm talking about henchmen like teens. Yeah, definitely. Like underlings. So and... that is neat that they do wean themselves off of the typical formula. So it's kind of half and half almost mm-hmm. where we have all the teams. So about that first half, are there any very memorable henchmen that you can remember? Uh, let me think about that. Garlic Jr. Yeah. I don't know if it, if it was because it was the first one. And no, movie two doesn't have any henchmen. Yeah, it does. It's just... Oh, oh I'm sorry. You're right. It's the bioengineered yeah. lobby guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... I, I guess I like the first movie because it, they were first. Okay. And they, and they ripped swords out of themselves. And Can't move, go wrong. Movie three. What did you like about them? They had badass attitudes. It's stupid because like they the, all have badass like attitudes. Like the robot that says, duh. No, <laughs> not him. But they all, they're all such cocky assholes that they're all such stereotypes of themselves. I mean, I don't know why I like them more. As far as I can tell, Sousa has somewhat of a popularity oh, in Japan. Right. So what about him? Makes him stand out a little more. Um, Trunks' hair. You think so? He has asymmetrical Trunks' hair. He was played by Hayami Sho, who played Zarbon. Okay, then. So he plays the pretty boys. I would classify Salzo's a pretty boy. It's probably why the fangirls in Japan latched onto him. Okay. You, you think that it was just kind of an extension of Zarbon himself? Yeah. So it's almost like Zarbon got to live a little longer through the movie? I think so, yeah. That's okay. a good way to put it. I also like the movie Nine Team, not for necessarily being memorable, um, but mostly for their designs. And we had a female one, too. Yeah. Zangyo was interesting. That's the first time, yeah. And some of them had powers. Any other special powers among all of them? I already mentioned the swords ripping out of themselves. You right. like the movie Nine ones with the tingly, tingly things yes. and the shifting, the backgrounds, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I like that. And I liked, um, I guess, the uh, movie two ones because one's like the jelly guy and mm-hmm. one has like the electric things coming out of his arms. Right. So, I mean, I didn't like them per se, but they had neat individual attributes. So was there kind of this wave of cool, less cool, then they get cool again with movie nine at the end? Yeah. Definitely. It depends on like how many ideas I guess they got floating around in the yeah. studios. And maybe like, well, Toriyama four, designed uh, them because maybe. he did the movie nine ones. I don't remember movie four villains at all. No, they're pretty lame and forgettable. Of course, we've only watched movie four a couple times, so that also destroys the familiarity with them. One henchman I forgot to mention while we were talking about the Frieza stuff was Kui. Yeah, he's like a... I don't have anything to say about him. But he is certainly a henchman. I just wanted to throw that out there. We did not forget you, Kui. So do you have any final thoughts on henchmen? There um, wasn't really a point to the conversation. No, it was just henchmen seem to be overdone, but because there are so many of them, they have a few standout stars. Right. And it was nice that they did them in different ways, at least in the normal storyline. You know, the movies, we had cliche things here and there. But, you know, we had the comedy, we had the underlings, we had the army, we had the mind-controlled zombies. So it seems cliche to have henchmen, but when you take a little closer look, at least they did try to do something different with them. So Toriyama gets a little credit with that. Yep. All right. I got nothing else. I'm good. You good? Yeah. That was way more in-depth 
than a um, a conversation about henchmen should be, but I think it was good. Yeah, I enjoy henchmen. Your favorite henchman, single favorite henchman. I already said Zarbon. You're going to go with Zarbon yeah. officially is your answer? Officially, yes. Man, I'm really tempted to say Apul. But he doesn't actually do anything. But he doesn't do anything. That's just your joke answer. He, he looks and then he dies. Give me your real answer. Man, I might actually go with Kui. Hmm. I don't know why. Maybe because he, he's, he's a an little asshole. Because he's a prick to Vegeta. Yeah. Not that I have anything against Vegeta. I just love his attitude against Vegeta and the whole let's team up. <laughs> you know, shitting his pants at the end there. Kind of shows his true colors at the end. I don't know. Maybe that's my answer. It's not my final official answer, but I'll go with it for now. That's truly the end of our henchman discussion. So let's cruise through some releases. August 8th, we have Dragon Ball Z movies 1 and 2 over in Japan. The single releases based on the original Dragon Box releases. Movies 1 and 2 for 2,800 yen each. So that's uh, about 28 bucks, a little under 30. CD Japan, Amazon Japan, all that regular stuff. Mary, on the 19th, we've got something awesome. Daisenshu Volume 1 Complete Illustrations is coming out here in the U.S. Except it's not called number 1, it's just... Complete illustration. illustration. Right, so right. we don't know where it's going to go from yeah, here. So check it out if you haven't ever had a chance to grab a hold of this particular Daisenshu abroad. You can find it in stores for $25. Righto, you can uh, pre-order it for $16.49 over on Amazon. And while you're over on Amazon, Viz Big of uh, Dragon Ball Z Volume 2, it's $17.99, but they got it for $12.23 on a pre-order. And uh, then we just got August 27th later on in the month. This is the soundtrack to Sparking Meteor and Burst Limit. Different from the vocal CD, which we talked about. About last week, which is just the theme songs, this is going to be a soundtrack of the general music from the games. That's going for 3,000 yen, so about 30 bucks. We don't know a whole lot about it yet. We don't have a track listing or anything like that. We assume it's one CD, but you can get it on CD Japan, Play Asia, all those regular places. Mary, we're just going to wrap it up now. Okay, sorry, no emails again. No, we're slow on the emails. I guess we'll have to do a catching up on emails episode again in the near future, because we keep ignoring them. I do read them. Yeah, it's not like we don't get any. No, <laughs> but we're going to wrap up the episodes. Okay. We have to prep for Oticon. Yes, yes, stuff. let's get started. I gotta edit this episode somehow yes. over the next couple of days. Yeah, okay, let's close it. So Mary, if people do want to send us stuff, we'll try to respond to it in the near future. Where would they send it? You send email to podcast at com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. So let's get ready. Okay. You can let out the kitties. Oh, yay. I guess go to bed soon. Yep, that's right. Merry Templeo Trunks. That's right. You can find my site at www.templeotrunks.com. Good deal. That leaves me. My name is Mike. Uh, Julian and I can be found on Daizenshu EX. That is www.daizex.com. We're heading off to Otakon for this weekend. So uh, by the time you hear this, we'll be back from the convention. We will have seen. We will have seen yes. Hironobu Kakeyama. When you're listening to this, we will have seen the man. He will be in our eyeballs, yes. In our eyeballs, in, in my eardrums. And in our brains. I am so psyched. So hopefully we had a great time. I'm probably really exhausted again. But uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Hopefully we'll actually pull off the manga review of Awesomeness. So if you haven't read it yet, Dragon Ball Volume 18, going by the Viz, that's DBZ Volume 2. Hopefully uh, we already have it planned. We're going to record with Jeff, not this coming Thursday by our recordings, but the Thursday after this comes out. We're going to be good. We're going to do it. If you say so. I say so. We have to do it. For great for, justice. Yes. This is 141. We'll be back for 142 next week. From every over here. Bye. For Julian off in Japan. Bye. I'm sorry, I mean, it's not like an ogre. <laughs>
My name is Mike Vegito EX and Daisen Chuex Podcast to Konchimokite Kudusate Arigato Gozaimas. Chikamo, Otanishimini. No man, no, 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 no,